Hello and welcome to another episode of the Endeavor podcast and video show. I am your host, Jason Breitkopf. With me, once again, is one of my favorite guests, Dr. Wanda Montanez. Hey, Wanda, how you doing? I'm doing okay, Jason. How are you? Thank you so much for being on the show again. Uh, for those listening who haven't uh, heard every episode, and I don't know why you haven't, uh, Dr. Montanez uh, is a college counselor and former college admissions officer who is an expert in the college application process. And I wanted to invite Dr. Montanez on to the episode today for our topic on the common application or the common app. Wanda, you have a lot of experience with the Common App. Uh, before we get started diving into the details, could you define for us what is the Common App? Sure. So the Common Application um, essentially is a way for students to apply to many, many colleges by simply using one application. Um, the common application is one of about three ways that students can apply to college. The other um, form would be the coalition application, which could probably be its own separate podcast at some point. Um, and then many colleges and universities have their own institutional application form that students can fill out, um, which is usually shorter um, than filling out the common application. So for a lot of our listeners who might be parents of high school students, uh, teachers, school administrators, but not even some guidance counselors who, who work with younger students, whether they be middle school or the beginning of high school, uh, many have not experienced the Common App. So I'm going to juxtapose what I know of the Common App with the way we applied for college back in the day. Back in the day, you got an application. You either wrote in by hand in ink your information, your name, uh, where you went to school, your activities, or you uh, rolled it into a typewriter and literally typed on a piece of paper your application information, put that in an envelope with a stamp and mailed it to colleges. Uh, that's not how the Common App works, is it? <laughs> no, it is not. For the most part, um, the Common Application is an online portal where students create an account. Um, and then obviously fill in the appropriate information and then submit. Um, there are some cases and some instances where a student could print out the actual form and then submit the hard copy. I feel like that's done like once every gajillion application. That's very rare. Right, I mean, the whole point of doing an online application is that you type it in once, and the, and what as you've alluded uh, just a few moments ago, you would enter the information once, and when you hit submit, you're choosing multiple colleges to which to send this information. Yes, correct. So is every college in the country on the Common App? They are not. Um, if you go on the Common App website, you can find a list of the colleges that will accept the Common App. Um, and obviously, if the college is not on the list, then there's either, um, again, an alternative way of applying, which is probably either the coalition application or an institutional application. Um, and the website is commonapp.org. So uh, just for those listening at home, uh, once again, that website is www.commonapp.org, and I will include that in the show notes for the audio podcast, and hopefully we'll have that in the notes on the video show as well. So what's the biggest difference between applying to one or more colleges in the Common App and using colleges' individual uh, applications? Mm. So I think the 
biggest um, difference is probably the length of the actual application. Um, any college that is asking you to use their own portal to submit an application, um, the the actual application that you're filling out on the college's portal is usually pretty significantly less um, than the common application. But it so it's basically capturing the most important details that the that actual college would require to um, make a decision on your application. Is there a, a pattern to which schools or types of schools use the Common App versus those that use their own individual uh, online application through their college website? Um, I don't believe so. I think it's uh, it's pretty fair game. There, are, for example, there are some state colleges that will take the Common App, while there are some other state colleges that won't. There are some um, historically black colleges and universities that will take the Common App, while there are some that won't. So I think it's um, a pretty good mix of colleges that will and colleges that won't. So for uh, the schools that don't take it, uh, do the most prestigious and therefore historically fussy schools, uh, you know, your famous Ivy Leagues, are they on the Common App? Yes, they are. Oh, interesting. All right. So I, mean, I think there would be um, a natural inclination to believe that schools that pride themselves on very low acceptance rates and high numbers of students applying would want to force students to use their individual school's application. So that's that's interesting. Uh, so one of the things that I work with with a lot of students is the uh, application essay. And you and I have done an episode on the mm -hmm. application essay and I worked with uh, one of our other college counselors, Ariella, on supplemental samples, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, is there a big difference between the college application essay that students will encounter on the Common App versus individual schools' uh, solo applications mm. on their website? That is a fantastic question. Um, I would probably say that the essay that you would write for the Common Application, oftentimes you are able to use it for an application for an individual college or university um, if you're doing their application on their, their website's portal. Um, I think the biggest difference is that oftentimes the essays on the individual college or university's websites are very specific to their particular culture and um, their campus. Mm -hmm. So sometimes the essays are more particular to the college versus just a general tell us about yourself kind of essay. Right, and one thing I've noticed is on the Common App, you usually get a choice of six or seven different prompts. Correct. So there might be the prompt on, tell us about a time you overcame an obstacle, or uh, tell us about uh, a social injustice you want to address, whether you have or, uh, or would like to address. Um, things like that that are pretty broad topics and I've noticed that some individual schools will ask similar questions. So if you, like you said just now, if you use your essay on the Common App, for the Common App, you can also sometimes use it for individual schools. But um, some of the questions are more individual to the school. When a school has its own individual application process on their website, they don't use the Common App, and they have a more general essay question, is that school more likely to have multiple uh, shorter supplemental essays? Sometimes, but not always. Again, I think it, it varies from school to school. 
Um, but usually it's a situation where um, you would, they have their own individual, you know, regular college essay that they would ask for, and maybe a couple of supplemental essays, but significantly shorter than what you would probably find on the Common App. Now, many students don't finalize their selections for colleges until a few months into their senior year, pretty much right before the applications are due. The Common App, from what I understand, is opened and students are able to log in and start filling it out as early as mid-August, just before their senior year. Is there any benefit to a student logging in, creating that login, and starting to fill out the Common App before they even chosen what schools to which they want to apply? Yes and no. I think if a student still has not um, identified you know, their final college list, then really the only thing they can go on and do is fill out some of the demographic information um, along with like extracurriculars and, and those kinds of things. Um, so there is a benefit to starting ahead of time and filling in some of that stuff um, during the summer before your senior year because everything will just live in the portal until you actually hit submit. Um, I think the other piece to that is it's usually better if you have a list of your colleges, even if you have a, a couple of colleges that you know you're absolutely going to apply to, um, because then you're, you're able to see what supplemental essays these colleges are asking for. So then obviously it gives you more time to prepare and to write something. So let's say I'm a typical high school student uh, and I'm applying to nine or 10 colleges, which is the average nowadays. And it turns out that say, four or five of the schools to which I'm applying are on the Common App, but four or five are not. And they, whether they use a different, uh, more universal service that, to which you can apply for multiple colleges or the school's individual um, website portals, can a student enter their information in the Common App and then copy and paste or export to an individual school's application? They cannot. Uh, so a student has to fill it out again. Right, and I think that's one of the biggest pet peeves that seniors um, have with regards, I mean, there's probably a hundred other pet peeves that they have when applying to college, but um, I think one of the challenges is, you know, say you do have a list of 10 schools and five of those schools are not on the Common App, then students are having to create another login um, for each school. Um, it doesn't seem like a big deal, but because the process is so anxiety-ridden for seniors, um, you know, going that extra step sometimes, I mean, I've worked with students who will have literally said to me, I, if I have to create a separate account or I have to apply separate from the common application, I'm not going to apply. And that may seem counterproductive, but if, you know, folks who are, you know, in their 30s or older remember back in the day when we did it by hand or typed it, you had to do each individual one, and, the, and the, the, the result of that was a lot of folks only applied to one, two, or three colleges because the idea of retyping your information five, six, seven times was overwhelming. So even though things are computerized now, and you can use the Common App to apply to as many schools as you would like that are on the Common App list, the idea of re-entering and retyping all that information five, six, seven times is the same problem that we had back in the day. Yeah, absolutely. And you also need to remember that in addition to doing the, co the college application, students are also applying for scholarships. 
and many of those portals also require students to fill in a separate application. So it just becomes a little bit overwhelming for some students. Um, and I think the argument or the pushback would be, well, if the student is not willing to create an additional login and use my portal, then they probably weren't that interested to begin with. Um, and I think some people would agree with that. Some folks wouldn't agree with that. But um, I think at the end of the day, like the, the takeaway point is that sometimes creating an additional portal on a college's website that a student has to fill out um, becomes an issue of access for some students. The time, the access to computers. Absolutely. Yeah, so what we're saying is is that some students who may not have the funds or wherewithal or socioeconomic resources um, and can only access computers in the school library or a public library, and if that student has a job or a difficult home situation or they don't live close to school or to a public library, they might not have access to a computer and they might not be able to take the time to fill out 10 applications five might be all they have the time for, and that might include scholarship applications. So that is an excellent point. Thank you for bringing that up. So is there anything else, uh, like any negatives, any downsides to using the Common App? Um, I think some students, when they first log in, find it a little bit confusing, but I think once it's explained to them, they're, they're pretty good at maneuvering the actual portal and filling in what needs to be filled in. Um, there are sections that become a little bit more complicated for some students. Um, for example, the parent component of the, of the application where they ask um, for information with regards to where parents went to college, where they work, those. So for some reason you'd be surprised, but a lot of students don't really know what their parents do for work or where they work. Um, and I've seen that become a situation that will, um, if a student isn't aware that this is something that they need to fill out, can become an issue when students are up against deadlines and parents are not um, as accessible to answer some of these questions. Um, I think the other part as well would be the extracurricular piece um, of the common application. Um, I think students are almost to some degree wired to just fill it out as a list where really this is a time for them to really build the narrative of who they are. Um, and I think some of that usually gets lost when students are filling out that particular section. Um, and then there's a school section that asks things ar around rank, um, class rank. Um, students have to fill out their um, their classes and the level, whether it's honors, AP. So again, this doesn't seem like a big deal, but sometimes students just get, get caught up in the way that the question is asked versus how they choose to answer it. Yeah, and that makes a lot of sense. In fact, going back to what you were saying about uh, the parent portion of the application, I've actually worked with students who were shocked when those questions came up. They had mm -hmm. no idea exactly what their parents did. They had no clue whatsoever where their parents went to school. I've had students tell me they don't even know if their parents went to college or not, what college it was, if they graduated. Uh, you know, and these are, these are not little kids. These are high school juniors. They were sometimes even seniors who just don't know this information. And again, if there's no computer in the home, it's really hard to just pop 
the website up at home, ask mom and dad to fill it out for a few minutes. You know, what if mom or dad worked the night shift, they're not home, there's no computer in the house. It right. can be quite a hassle. Um, even though the process on the computer is in many ways streamlined, in many ways made less painful by going digital, there's still the human aspect which can be challenging. Yes, absolutely. Great. So is there anything else on your mind about uh, the Common App or other information folks need to know? Um, I think the final piece is, so there's the main um, Common App portal, but then each school has what we call supplemental information that needs to be submitted. Um, And sometimes that supplemental information that is being asked for um, can also be very lengthy. Oftentimes it's several, I mean, at least one essay, in some cases, two or three additional essays that students have to submit. Um, and I think that the challenge is that, again, it's, it's an issue of time. If a student is applying to 10 colleges and each college requires you know, an additional two supplemental essays, that's 20 short answer essays that students have to come up with. Um, so I think that sometimes that creates a, a barrier for some students in actually submitting. Um, but again, I think the argument that some folks would say would be, well, if the student isn't filling out this particular part of the supplemental, then they probably weren't that interested to begin with. That makes sense. And there's one thing that really has occurred to me over time is that the application deadline process is it can be a rolling experience. I mean, some students are applying to schools early admission, early action, early decision, and those are different things, and we could probably have a podcast episode on what those all are. Uh, but uh, some applications are due November 1st, November 15th. Some are due in December. Many are due January 1st, some mid-January. So a lot of students will have more time than they realize to fill out a lot of this information. A lot of times I work with students and you know, I'll meet with them once a week and we'll just do a little bit each week between September and you know, a December deadline. So if you're feeling overwhelmed as a parent or if you're a student listening to, to this episode and you're feeling overwhelmed with the application process, uh, break it up into small pieces. It's just good study skills to take it piece by piece. That's the joy of using a website that remembers your information uh, you can just log back in the next time and start from where you left off. Just remember to hit save. Right. Save early, save often. Exactly. All right. So anything else on your mind right now, Wanda? No. That's Excellent. it. Excellent. Well, thank you so much for being here for the podcast. I really appreciate it. Not a problem. I think this is a very important topic, and I think a lot of people are going to get a lot out of it. Uh, if you're uh, listening uh, in a podcast episode, pardon me, in a podcast uh, player, and you've enjoyed the episode, please uh, share the episode. Please Uh, rate or like the episode and you can always subscribe to the podcast Uh, you'll get episodes right away as they post we usually post on Tuesdays and Fridays and uh, if you're watching on YouTube I hope you enjoyed this episode please remember to share like and subscribe and There, if you have a question and you want to ask me a question about the topic or any other topic we have a Twitter feed at Endeavor pod you can always Talk to me there and I will respond as quickly as possible. And in the meanwhile, let's all keep learning.